This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar, and as always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture, and as always, we'll get to the news, and this is episode 170. Rest in peace to the second baseman, Denny Doyle. Talked about him on the weekly YouTube baseball video on On the Radar. He had a 250 lifetime batting average, 16 home runs, and 237 runs in. Mostly a backup, played for the Phillies from 70 to 73, the Angels from 74 to 75, and the Red Sox from 75 to 1997. He had two younger brothers, Brian and Blake, who also played professional baseball. Rest in peace to him. He passed away just 79. Rest in peace to Diane McBain. She was an actress as a who, as a Warner Brothers contract player, reached a brief peak of popularity in the 60s. Best known for playing socialites in the 60-62 show Surfside 6. And won all of his presence leading ladies in the 1966 movie Spin Out. She passed away at the age of 81 from liver cancer. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to former NFL running back Ronnie Hillman, who mostly people remember when he won the Super Bowl with the Broncos, who played for the Vikings, Chargers, and most recently the last team he played for was in 2017 for the Cowboys. I was wondering where he had been. He was a... Third-team All-American and a first-team All-WMC. And he did have 12 rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in his career. And he was only 31 years old. The fact that he is also born in December, like I am, I mean, excuse me, born in September, but at least a few months around my age, the fact that he's 31 years old, he passed away at age of 31, is really sad because I just thought this guy was just playing football. You know, athletes, they're usually in the prime of their careers, you know, at this point in their prime of their lives, in their 20s and 30s. And the fact that he didn't die, he died from cancer. said that he had a former rare kidney cancer and the treatments were unsuccessful and he entered hospice care for pneumonia as well and he passed away. So it's very sad because I remember physically watching games with Ronnie Hillman. Rest in peace to Thom Bell, the singer, songwriter, record producer, pianist, and composer known for the creators of Philly Soul in the 70s, songwriter for Delphonic, Stylists, and Spinners, he was inducted in Singers Hall of Sing, Songwriters Hall of Fame, excuse me, and the Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum. He passed away to 79. Some of the songs that you may have heard of he did was a Dusty Springfield song, Brand New Me, Spinner's One of a Kind Love Affair. Dion Warwick had a song they, they sang. He did an Elton John song as well. Rest in Peace to Thom Bell. Rest in peace to Ronan Vibir, the English actor known for appearing in all the British things. He passed away at 58. The last thing he did was The Snowman. That was in a lot of things. So just a lot of these things were British shows that he was in. But he was in Dracula Untold, which I've seen that movie. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Maxi Jazz, the British musician, singer, songwriter, rapper, and DJ. Best known for being the leader of Faithlessness. He passed away at age of 65. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Stephen Bonner, the MMA artist who competed lightweight in the UFC. He was runner-up for Ultimate Fighter. He passed away at age of 45. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Dax Tejera. The executive producer of ABC's This Week passed away at age 37 of a heart attack. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Maggie Threat. Passed at age 76. She's an actress and a singer. And then she was in Star Trek. And she was in Three and in the Attic. Cover Me Babe. 
and a few other things over her career. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Kathy Whitford, the professional golfer, where she won 88 women's tournaments more than anyone else on either the tour. She was a runner-up on 93 of those as well. And she became the first woman to reach a million in earnings. She's in the member, is a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Stephen Grief, the actor known for Travis and Blake Seven, along with Citizen Smith and Casanova and Shot and Sight. He passed away to 78. Rest in peace to baseball outfielder Fred Valentine, who finished with a 2.47 career average, 36 homers, 138 RBI. Started his career in Baltimore, then went to Washington, and then finished his major league career. In Baltimore, and then he's one of the players who went overseas to Japan. He passed away at the age of 87. Rest in peace to Joe Mirza Marley, the reggae artist known as the grandson of reggae legend Bob Marley. He passed away at the age of 31, again, really young. Rest in peace to Edie Landau, the American film and producer and executive known for a long stay journey tonight, the pawnbroker, king of framed record, Montgomery to Memphis, the chosen in 14 movies of the American film theater, and she was married to Eli Landau, who was also an executive producer as well. She passed away at the age of 95. Rest in peace to her. J.J. Watt has announced his retirement from football. This dude gave his effort. At one point, the dude never missed the game when he was on the Texans, but then all of a sudden he battled injuries for the last couple of years of his career in Houston. Then in Arizona, he's been there for a couple seasons, never had to win a Super Bowl. He was a three-time defensive player of the year, 12, 14, and 15. Five Pro Bowls between 2012 and 2015 and 1 and 18. And then all pro second team. The years, you know, he did not make the first team. Five-time Pro Bowler, a two-time NFL sacks leader, forced fumbles leader, decades 2010s team. He made the all-rookie team, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, Bird Bell Award, Lot Trophy, first team All-American, first team Big Ten. Seasons with 20 sacks, two of them, and season sacks leading the league in sacks twice. He now has 580 total tackles, 111 sacks, 69 pass deflections, 27 forced fumbles, 17 fumble recoveries, and 6 total touchdowns. He's also known that he's got his brother, who's two brothers who play football as well. And he's clearly going to the Hall of Fame, man. He also mentioned he had some issues with his heart. They shot it back into rhythm. So that's interesting. They had a show with his brothers called The Ultimate Tag. He obviously... Also has a famous wife who... Who also plays professional sports as well. So it's an interesting dynamic that his wife... A soccer player for the Chicago Red Stars, the local team, and the national women's team as well. So happy trails to J.J. Watt. I don't know what he's going to do for going next, but he had a hell of an NFL career. Speaking of hell of careers, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, and current Spurs head coach still Greg Popovich are all eligible to be on the Hall of Fame ballot in 2023. Dallas just unveiled Dirk Nowitzki's statue this past weekend. So that was cool to see because, again, a lot of those guys are obvious no-brainers. Just a little bit sad news there. The Giants were among the people who were in Mall of America Friday night, you know, before Christmas, at the nation's largest shopping center. A nitro man was killed during the shooting, which set the mall into a lockdown. So 
there's a few Giants players are there. They mentioned one of the broadcasters, so everyone's okay. But it's interesting to see that all of those guys were there. And we'll get to football news. Google has announced with YouTube they're going to be having NFL Sunday ticket. For those who have been getting it from DirecTV, there's a new provider. Jarvis Landry's gone to the injured reserve. While Aaron Donald's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Those are two big-time veteran players, but both those teams are not playoff, so it doesn't matter. It's a long run. Cleveland's Jack Conklin signed a four-year $60 million extension, while Packers' Elgin Jenkins signed a four-year $68 million extension, locking those guys up. Jets coach Miles Austin has been suspended for one year due to gambling. So another guy, this time this time it's a coach and not Calvin Ridley, the player. Bengals and Ravens both clinched the playoffs. The question will be who wins the division. Unfortunately for Joe Cardona, he's going to injury reserve with a foot injury. The long snapper had 140 games in a row like a record streak. That's coming to an end. And... Uh, Ryan Tannehill at ankle surgery, so he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Zach Cunningham at ankle, so he's gone to injury reserve. Nico Collins with a foot injury, so he's going to be out as well. And the Bills won their division, while the Browns have been officially eliminated, and the Chargers actually made the playoffs after their win the other night. Bears are now an eight-game losing streak, which is the worst in their history of being the Bears. J.C. Hoon has a wrist injury, so he's going to have surgery. He's going to be out for the year. And Damase Smoot has an ankle, so he's on injured reserve. Lel Collins, he's on the injured reserve ACL. And the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, because it's got playoff indications for Baltimore, it's been flexed to Sunday Night Football. Lane Johnson has a torn tendon, so he's going to be out for a long time. And then in that Texans-Titans game this past weekend, there was a blackout. Due to the power loss, interesting. Mason Crosby now is the uh, the game, the consecutive record of games played for Packers with 256. Congratulations to him. Randall Gregory and Odeg Suli were originally fined one game for the scrummage on the field, but now it's been down to fine. Mike White is officially been clear to come back. Jets fans. Avante Maddox, I told you he's gonna be off for a while. So the Eagles can't catch a break. John Wells injured injured reserve with a tendon. Jerry Rosenberg has been announced the interim head coach. In Denver, while special teams coach Dwayne Sykes and offensive line coach Barth Berry were fired, replaced by Ben Steele and Mike Mallory. Because the big headline is Nathaniel Hackett, who at the beginning of the year made a lot of bonehead crucial mistakes, and you could chalk it up as being a rookie, that they had to go out and hire a coach just for clock management. And that coach who's in charge of clock management has now been named interim. You could say the reason the Broncos are bad this year because they've had injuries all over the team. They traded, you know, their best defensive player, Bradley Chubb, this year. The previous year traded Von Miller at the, as well. And Javante Williams injured and, and got missed the rest of the year. Melvin Gordon did not turn out to be a good up pickup, and they had to cut him this year. And the wide receivers had a lot of injuries, and Russell Wilson has now looked the part. But again, they want to hire offensive geniuses who are coordinators to be head coaches. And sometimes some coaches, they're not, they're not head coaches. Vic Vangio is a great defensive coordinator but it proven like here in Denver that he just wasn't a head coach. And sometimes that's just what it is. You're not a head coach. You're just a good coordinator. But, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett has been officially fired. And doing so, it it was after they gave up 50 points to Baker Mayfield and a whole scrum of backups from the Los Angeles Rams. So that's even embarrassing because they're not a good team. And they're supposed to have a good defense. And this will be the seventh straight season since they went to the Super Bowl for that they're not to make the playoffs. 
which is not good. Buda Baker has a shoulder injury, so he's out for the rest of the year. Josh Norman is back in football as Carolina picked him up. Ed Reed has become the head coach of Buthane Cookman. Congratulations to him. He's been a coach for a while. Nick Foles will still be the head coach, the, the starting quarterback of the Colts, in spite of how bad the Colts have been playing. And Andrew Solano's Red Zone Channel show has been canceled. Other big football news is that Derek Carr has been benched the rest of the season. And Jared Stidham, the former QB backup of the Patriots, will become the starting quarterback for the rest of the season to work, obviously, with Josh McDaniel, who probably won't get fired in his first season because the easiest move is to move on from the quarterback. Tua, in fact... Did suffer a concussion on Sunday, but it now looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to start. Carson Wentz is back into starting role for Washington. I don't know how Washington fans know feel about that because Tyler Heineke has been actually pretty good in injured, place of injured quarterbacks the last two years. And Russell Wilson will still be the starter going into the last few games, interim hoax Jerry Rosberg said. Colt McCoy did clear concussion protocol. He's going to start on Sunday. Trayson Hill is joining Buda Baker on the injured reserve. Buccaneers have designated Ryan Jansen return from injury. And it looks like Derrick Henry is listed as doubtful for Thursday night's game, which is not good because they're already without Tannehill, Jeffrey Simmons, Nicholas Petty, Frere, Amani Hooker, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham, Dylan Cole, and Josh Thompson. So that's a lot of, lots and lots of players missing this Thursday game because, again, the NFL is greedy. They want all this money, so they want games on Thursday. They want games on Saturday, and they want games on Sunday. That is where I'm just like, I don't understand this. That makes no sense. Because, again, there's not enough turnaround time for these players. Chandler Jones, unfortunately, is joining Denzel Perryman on the injured reserve for the Raiders. That's two of their most important players. And the Giants have claimed Wyatt Davis off waivers. And as I mentioned, those suspensions are 50K and 12K for each player, respectively. And in that news, Joe Backup will serve Joe Flacco will serve the backup to the aforementioned news of Mike White being the quarterback, which means Zach Wilson will be inactive for the game. And as I mentioned, Josh Wells, the Buccaneers, he's out for the year. Along with Lyle Collins. And I said, and Dwayne Smoot as well. And Hunter Henry had a knee injury, so there's a question if he's going to play. An interesting football story I wanted to mention is former head coach Sean Payton has started to assemble a coaching staff that will potentially have Vic Vangel's defensive coordinator. He's trying to make an all-star staff for him to figure out where he's going to go because if I were him... I would pick the specific situation where there's an actual good quarterback, there's a good system in place, because a lot of the times, you know, you never have the the best opportunity for you may a lot of a lot of coaches are desperate for themselves to get themselves at coaching gigs, and a lot of the times those head coaching gigs are bad because a lot of people are just trying to break in as head coaches. Sometimes it's a good situation you can get a chance to see and wait. Like, when you get fired or you resign from your team, you get a year off and you can still come back and get an opportunity to be the head coach. 
Uh, for those who are fans of Bob Costa, the show back on the record was canceled at HBO. Wiggins, excuse me, not Wiggins. Anthony Edwards had the second most threes in Timberwolves history, passing Anthony Peeler. And Miles Bridges, there's rumors that he is in contact with the Hornets because of all of his legal problems that are for, are going to be behind him if he's going to come back. Anthony Davis officially out and definitely with a foot injury. What's new? Pistons GM Troy Weaver has been extended even though the Pistons are having a bad year. But they've done a good job drafting. Luka Doncic and Pascal Siakam are players of the week. Harden has the fifth most assists. LeBron has the eighth most rebounds on Christmas Day. Kevin Durant now has officially 15 most points of all time passing Tim Duncan. Duncan Robinson is the fastest player to 800 the threes. 800 threes in only 263 games. East Bay, the catalog is ending at the end of the year. Alexander Ovechkin now has 802 goals, passing Gordy House. Congratulations to him. He also has the most shots on shots, passing Ray Bork with over 6,200 shots as well. One thing I want to get to is the NFL was afraid of going up against the NBA on, on Christmas Day. So they had a gluttony of games on Christmas Eve. And I want to say this, though. The games on Sunday were junk. Now, obviously, Chargers beat the Colts. Colts are bad. The Buccaneers game versus the Cardinals, that went to overtime. But again, this just wasn't the prettiest game. And as I said, they mentioned the Rams blew out the Broncos, which led to the last draw. Nathan Hackett being fired. The Packers-Green Bay game, that was kind of bad for the most part. Steelers-Raiders was the best game. And Eagles and Cowboys were interesting no matter what because Carter Minshew played well. 49ers and Washington, not really. Bears had no chance against Buffalo. The Vikings won on a field goal in that game. The Patriots and the Bengals was interesting, but Lions lost to the Panthers. That's not an exciting game. Chiefs beating the Seahawks, who obviously knew that was going to happen. Ravens beat the Falcons in a boring game. And the Saints and the Browns game was boring. And, of course, the Jets game was disasterful, which Zach Wilson was benched in the game. And Jacksonville won that game. That's where you're just like, some of the time, you're just looking at yourself like, that is just not great football that you, you're, you're out there going for. And Luka Dantich's 60-point triple-double was like a record where everybody was freaking out. because like, wow, oh my God. So that was cool to see that. Also, in the last 20 seasons, no NBA team had one after being down at least nine points with 35 seconds or less remaining. That's an interesting fact. Some baseball news that happened today that I did not put in my notes. Corey Kluber signed a one-year deal with the Red Sox, continuing his tour of the American Leagues. The former Ray and Yankee will be joining Boston. And uh, the other baseball news is that James McCann has been traded to the Orioles. He's going to be an overpaid, glorified backup to Adley Rushman, who's already one of the best, if not the, the best catcher in the American League right now. And Tucker Barnhart, who's won gold gloves, is going to back up Jan Gomes following in suit of last year when they signed Jan Gomes to a two-year deal in case Wilson Contreras left. Well, now Tucker Barnhart will be there for two years. Will Myers has gone to the Reds. Eric Hosmer would officially let go by the Red Sox. The Will Myers thing is interesting because they said goodbye to Mike Moustakis. And in that regard, they were like, you know what? We don't want to pay all that money 
to have Moustakas not be healthy. So they go out and they go ahead and get themselves Will Myers, who when healthy is pretty good. And the Reds right now are not going to be stupid enough to play this guy at third base. They don't really right now have any corner outfielders. Will Myers will definitely get a bat in the corner outfield and at DH because Joey Votto is at first base. Trevor Bauer has been officially reinstated, which helps the Dodgers out with Bueller missing half the season going forward and both Heaney and Tyler Henderson leaving a free agency. And Dustin May, I know he came back this year, but he came off a major surgery as well. Michael Conforto signed a two-year deal to join Jack Peterson and Mitch Haniger. I don't know how they're going to line up because Jack Peterson, I would put him in center field, but a lot of people think his defense is bad. Mitch Haniger's days of playing center fielder behind him, and same thing with Michael Conforto. One of these guys is going to have to DH, but the Giants thought we'll get three quality veteran corner outfielders because we don't get Aaron Judge. That's fine by me. I'm glad for Michael Conforto that after missing last year, he gets an opportunity. Diego Castillo, the super utility man of the Pirates, is going to Arizona, who, again, don't have an everyday shortstop or third base, so he'll get a spot there. Taylor Rogers joining his brother, Tyler. The identical twins are going to be relievers in San Francisco together. He gets a three-year deal, which I'm more surprised about how many years. Dalton Varsho, who had a good, has had a good career with the Diamondbacks, who shuffle him back and forth between the outfield and catcher. And center field, when he's not a center fielder, is going to Toronto to replace Teoscar Hernandez because, quite frankly, I don't get the Blue Jays trading Teoscar Hernandez. The only thing it does is move Springer to right field and let the newly acquired Kevin Kiermaier play center field. But then I'm like, well, it's still lacking. Well, they trade a lure score to yell, which makes sense. That gives the Diamondbacks a left fielder since they traded David Peralta at the deadline. But I don't get this. You trade one of your catching prospects to the Diamondbacks, who already have a good everyday catcher in Carson Kelly, and that is the main reason why Dalton Varsho was in the outfield in the first place. So now we're going to play Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Moreno if Carson Kelly's your everyday catcher. Are you going to trade Ke- uh, Kelly at some point this year? Is Moreno going to go to AAA? That's why it don't make sense. And it's funny. You, you basically take a left fielder in Guriel, who's a converted infielder, and you trade him for Varsho, a converted catcher. It, it still makes no sense. Rich Hill, who's pretty old, is going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're going to definitely trade him at the deadline because he's still effective at his age. Nathan Evaldi is joining the Texas Rangers. And Sean Murphy, who just got traded to the Braves, to sign a six-year, $73 million extension. The Braves are locking up all their key players. And for those who are interested, the UFC's pay-per-view at ESPN Plus has gone up to $79.99. The Rangers' rotation is really right now stacked because we already know that this offseason, they they went and got... They, re, they kept Martin Perez... They went and spent a lot of money on Jacob DeGrom. They spent a lot of money on, you know, Andrew Heaney. So basically they're like, we'll spend money on DeGrom and Heaney. We'll keep Perez. We got Jacob Rizzi in a trade. And we got Jonathan Gray, who was still paying a lot of money. And they still got youngster Ding Dunning. So going adding, Nathan Eovaldi is a really, really, really good move because that dude was the Red Sox ace. So you're asking him to not be the ace because DeGrom is. You're not asking him to be the ace because you also, Jonathan Gray was your ace last year. Jake Odorizzi has always been a mid-rotation guy, and Tyler Anderson's always been a five guy. So Eovaldi can slide into the two or three spot, and that's perfect. All the Texas Rangers need is to find themselves a consistent catcher who can actually catch because Miss Garver couldn't catch last year. They already got first base, second base, and shortstop locked. Lau, Seager, and Simeon got that three-fourths of the infield locked up. Adoles Garcia has got one-third of the outfield locked up. 
So their outfield made to be improved. And then this Josh Young, their best prospect, will get an opportunity to be everyday third baseman because they clearly do not have a third baseman. And they wanted to get Kyle Seager, but Kyle Seager retired. Some entertainment news. They announced that if Henry Cavill got actually got the opportunity to play Superman in Superman number two, Brainiac would have been the villain. And that would have been really, really cool, but they nixed that. Harvard Cartel is joining the Paradox Effect. And Jeff Garland, since leaving the Goldbergs, has joined Never Ever Ever. And the show with Jesse Martin, Jesse, J, Jesse, Jesse L. Martin from Flash and Law & Order, he's getting his show Irrational Get the Series Order. There were all these like, oh no, will they won't take crap with the show. And that is where I'm just like, do you realize, just come out with the show already. He's going to have nothing to do because Flash is not going 10 years, which I thought it was going to go. So let this let let him have his own show, and let's see where that goes. Now, I talked about how bad Monarch was and that I was right that it was going to get canceled. I talked about how below average Quantum Leap was, that that got renewed. The, the word's still out on Alaska Daily, the second worst show I reviewed this year. And I mentioned Lopez for Lopez getting a full season order, and that's a good sign for them going forward. Because I think it's pretty funny, but we mentioned I have no idea what NBC is doing because they're renewing and canceling all their shows. So you never know. Again, Quantum Leap, because I got a full season, I thought there was a good chance of getting it renewed. That's there. I still got to talk to you about the Winchesters, the prequel Supernatural, and Walker Independence, the prequel of Walker Ranger. But I'm going to talk to you about how CBS hit it out of the ballpark. First things first, Fire Country. Max Terrio of SEAL Team and Dates Motel. Is a young convict seeking redemption joining an unconventional prison release firefighting program in North California where they have to become firefighters to do with all the wildfires. He signed to the program in his hometown where he was once this son. Everyone loved him. His family's got the legendary fire firefighter kingdom with like the grandparents, his parents, his uncle, everybody. But obviously he made a bad decision that left him alone in prison and now he's back in his hometown. And it's interesting because every week there's been nonstop action. Yeah, there's some drama because they're trying to introduce the backstory to Bodie, his who his parents are, what happened to his sister, Jordan Calloway's character, if you know him from Unfabulous, and of course his painkiller on Black Lightning. He and Bodie were friends at one point, and they're not friends now, but he's a regular firefighter. They introduced the token LGBT character, and they've had her, but guess what? She hasn't been in every episode so far, so that's fine by me. And of course... The coolest thing is, as I mentioned, you got Jordan Cowway from Black Lightning, and you got Billy Burke, who I just saw him play a firefighter, chief captain, whatever you want to call it, head honcho person in 9-1 Lone Star. Yeah, I want to punch this guy, but he was really good in that role. Diane Farr, who people know her from Rescue Me, another firefighter show, and then Kevin Alejandro, who played Sebastian Blood on Arrow, and he was Detective Dan on Lucifer. So all these actors I'm familiar with are all in this show, and you got his backstory of... He was a convict. He did this program, and he's running this team. He's got his daughter and her problems. And it's like, yeah, you got to deal with it, but it's really good, like, redemption story. And I'm giving credit to him because he's writing and producing it. All of this stuff, he's doing everything possible to make this story, the show really good, and it has been. There's been some laws, but that's bound to happen. But Fire Country is a home run and hit it out of the ballpark. When CBS has those trailers that say number one new comedy or number one new show or number one new drama when I'm watching like football or something, I'm like, yeah, no, you're a liar, CBS. 
This time, it's 100% true that this is the number one new show on TV is Fire Country. I insist you watch it, okay? Because obviously, it's on Friday nights with Blue Blood, a cop show, and SWAT, a cop show. I would not say I would put them with the cop show, try to line up all the cop shows, but that's just me. With Bull ending, SEAL Team Evil and Blood and Treasure all moved to Paramount Plus, and last year's medical drama, Good Sam, being canceled. And then they canceled a bunch of all the bad sitcoms, all the dead weight. There's definitely room in the schedule. The next one is, so help me, Todd. Marisha Gay Harden and Scholar Austin are in the show. And the reason I like this show is because it's an unorthodox version of a a a law show. You know how Bull was the science aspect, you know, trial science, all that other stuff. They showed this private investigator and Chunk was the fashion guy at the beginning and you got the tech people and the algorithm, all the stuff. And the thing is, originally, they wanted Gina Davis to star in the role. But she backed out, and that's where Marisha Gay, Marisha Gay Harden joined the show. And it's an interesting dynamic. Redemption. He lost his license. His ex-girlfriend is now engaged, and she's a successful lawyer. And so he's trying to prove himself, not just to his mother, but to himself, that he can help his mother out with his unorthodox way of investigating the things, even though she has a, an investigator who obviously is a nerd, as he calls him, drives a Prius or whatever, the Versa, and he follows the book by the book. You know, there's too much about his sister being a doctor and then showing his brother-in-law and his nephew or niece, whatever, but then never mentioning his brother and that he's gay. You could have just not mentioned, you've been like, the brother's away, he's not married, he doesn't have kids, he works for the governor, they showed him one time. That's kind of my little thing, but I like that every week, even if they're def- if it's going to hurt their client, they realize with all the research that he goes into, it's a good idea. Now, obviously, the same producers as Bull, Dr. Phil and his son. So this is a really good one. As I mentioned, most lawyer shows, if you read any of my reviews or listen to any of my podcasts, courtroom law shows usually get canceled after one or two seasons. Bull has been the only one that lasted more than two seasons, and it deserves it because it was really good. This show, I think, is really good, and I and it's I like a lot of the stuff. Now, some of it... I can get away with it. I'm just happy for Skylar Austin. Pitch Perfect fame landed him ground floor with John C. McGinley as his boss. And in that show, it was on for a couple of years. And I I really, really liked the show. But of course, TBS at that point was not knowing what they were doing. So of course, they went and canceled it. That show obviously also had Rory Scovel, a funny comedian, and Virginia Heelan, who's pretty funny. And that was one of his shows. Then much that show got canceled after two years. So I'm happy for Skylar Austin to finally get a show that I'm hoping lasts more than one season, let alone maybe two or three, because I think it's that good. Obviously, there's room for improvement, but it's a very good show. So CBS was two for two. And lastly, East New York. They're trying to make it all, ooh, look at this part, rough town, part of New York. Oh, oh, whatever. But basically... They get this Regina Haywood, who's played by this Amanda Warren, who's got experience of in, in cop shows, Law and Order, NCIS New Orleans. And obviously, I'm a little bit confused the hierarchy where she is deputy inspector of this specific precinct. It's a working class neighborhood in Brooklyn, and there's all these issues and stuff. But then there's still a captain of the police sticker, and then there's like chiefs and stuff. And she's trying to reform things, and there are always the people in the community against her. Some of the cops are against her. Some of the higher-ups are against her. But for the most part... People are behind her, and I liked it because we need some new, fresh blood on this channel. If it's not one of the many NCIS shows or CSI or whatever or Blue Bloods, it's nice that there's something new. I would technically want to put this on the same night as Blue Bloods and SWAT, 
because they're all cop shows. That just me. Sunday nights doesn't seem like the best thing. Now, obviously, I'm also at NBC, got every Law & Order franchise and Chicago, so it's nice to have some new things on TV. The things that, the, that check the box are the premise of the cop trying to input changes, some good casting. The writing's been pretty good so far. And for the most part, there hasn't been that much unneeded drama except for personal life of one of the detectives, and that's it. They've only recently scratched the surface of her relationship with her parents and her, her dating life. But it's been so small, I, it hasn't affected the show. As I mentioned, that one detective, they talk about his, his girlfriend buying a restaurant. Whoop-de-doo, it's the restaurant all the cops have, were going to anyway. You know, they had two of the characters hook up. Whoop-de-doo, let's, you know that's bound to happen. And it's, as I mentioned, the hierarchy is still confusing. And it seems like Jimmy Smith's character is always checking out that precinct, even though there's other ones. And she is believable as a person based on her previous work. And she does a good performance, and you can get behind her. And that Jimmy Smith's will be in a show that doesn't get canceled after one year, get pulled from the air, or only lasts a few years, but he is typecasted. He's in cop shows. But this time, he's not even a main character. He's one of the characters, which I think will help the show for him. So, which I like seeing that, because he have the L.A. Law, NYPD Blue. And then the death sergeant was played by C.D. Lee of Dexter and Law and & Order again. Law & Order. The lead street cop, Ruben Santiago again. Hudson of Castle, Michael Haynes. He was he's played by Ruben Santiago. He's Hudson of Castle and Michael Hayes. Is a good good in teaching his role to his rookie. You know, he's a good actor. I've really liked his character. The two main detectives played by Liz Rodriguez of Orange New Black and Orange New Cover. And Kevin Rankin, who I mentioned is what his girlfriend buying a restaurant. Friday Night Lights and Unforgettable. And even Officer Quinlan, which is portrayed by Luz Olivia LaDouche. She was in Orange New Black and the Dudes. Me and my roommate call her Gap Tooth Girl because we've seen her in all these really bad movies where she's like a love interest and she's not the best looking. And it's just like, yeah, those movies were bad. And then, so they're pretty much, obviously she's trying too hard to be likable. What, you know, it's all right, you know. The last is Richard Kind. I think of funniness, but I, he was in the original Stargate movie. They brought him back in Stargate Atlantis. He vo- He's a pretty prolific voice actor now but yeah he gives a little bit of humor and like you know happiness to the show with his problems and his life so he hasn't been too annoying the man from mad about you and spin city but yeah overall his brand of weirdness will set off all the seriousness in the show with much needed humor he even admits that he irritates people which is why he hasn't been promoted despite being a captain but that is super dead on so again they hit a home run with three out of three so far three out of three dramas to fill the hole left by the shows being canceling, ending, and moving of streaming, and that there's definitely room for this procedural matter where it is. As I mentioned, the real history of the cop shows haven't lasted outside of ABC's The Rookies and the 9-1 franchises, which are all the first responders, and CBS Watch is a little bit different. So CBS already has three shows that's given a full season order to, which is always positive sign of renewal. It doesn't always mean they're getting 100%, but I still think that, for the most part, CBS knew what they were doing yeah, so it was Ruben Santiago Hudson of Castle, Michael Hayes. I meant, I missed a comma there. But overall, thank you, CBS, for coming out with Fire Country, East New York, and so help me Todd to give us a firefighter show, a cop show, and a lawyer show when we need some new blood on the air. And as always, this was episode 170, and we talk about local and national sports and pop culture. On the Radar is the name of the YouTube channel where I mentioned you can get your baseball weekly videos, movie reviews, on the radar, 
is the name of the podcast. You get it wherever, Apple, Google, or Spotify. OnTheRadarMedia.com is the website. You can get everything there. On the Radar Entertainment blog is the professional Facebook page where you'll see links to everything I ever do along with all the breaking news in all the world of sports entertainment. My Twitter handle is Radar4428. And that's also the blog account, the original one I started. And before you know it, you will have official Twitch account to watch. And you can check out when I start posting videos on TikTok as well, just to get in there. But again, rest in peace, everybody passed away. And happy trails to J.J. Watt when the season's over. He had a long, uh, very good career. Thank you for listening to episode 170. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.